Welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. I am your host, Kevin, aka Chop, aka Cardboard Crack Addict, aka Plastic Addict, uh, and I am joined with my by my other two co-hosts. I'm I'm Paul, and uh, I don't have any cool AKAs, uh, <laughs> but I do I do have a plastic crack addiction, not the cardboard one, but a plastic one. And 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 a thin one apparently. And uh, I'm Potter, and what these guys don't know is that this is an intervention. No oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we won't. Uh, it's funny because we're not going to be talking about luxury cardboard rectangles or miniatures tonight. No. Um, I mean, yeah, so be- this this does involve cardboard rectangles, but not quite at the premium of... Yeah, of- not luxury cardboard <laughs> rectangles. These are just regular cardboard rectangles. These are cardboard rectangles that I know nothing about. <laughs> um, that said, uh, we should talk about some hockey progress, because it's actually been quite a while since we chatted on the mic. Um, I'll go first this time, because I almost never do. Uh, and because it's like... I feel like I've stopped and started a bunch of uh, like miniature related projects this year. And by st- starting, I mean like barely took something out of a box and started to build something and been like, nah. <laughs> I feel uh, you on but, that. <laughs> uh, but, and you guys can confirm, I am like 95% painted on a uh, Warhammer Underworlds warband. I, I bought it. I pulled it out of the box, I built it, and I painted the whole goddamn thing. So there's um, two there's two things there, Kevin. Not only are you completing a progress, but it's a it's underworlds. Look, look, <laughs> look, look at that. So the first part is it's October, and I wanted to paint something spooky. And I think you guys will both agree that the miniatures that I painted and the paint scheme that I've chosen for them are appropriately uh, spoopy. Yes, I would for, say for that is correct. For sure. Uh, also, there is a new what they refer to as season of Warhammer Underworlds starting uh, very shortly. I think the new box comes out in the first week of November. Um, and we'll actually probably record an episode about it because I'm, you know, as I do, I get pretty into a thing when I get into it. And so I've done a lot of research as to where this game is. Um on the recommendation of a local friend named Skylar, uh, who I've played some board games with, I've played some Flesh and Blood with, uh, and is a generally stand-up dude whose main game is Warhammer Underworlds, and he's actually on a podcast called What the Hex uh, about the game. <laughs> I like it. I like <laughs> it. I approve of the pun anyway. <laughs> Yep, and so um, they do what the hex, and what the hex is very excited. You'll you'll be good to to know. Also, they're pretty punny in everything. Like the new set is called Death Gorge, and their release for the their review for the set is called De- Death Gorgeous. Oh my gosh! <laughs> appropriately dad punned. Yep. So anyway, Skylar was telling me about how the game has changed a lot since the last time that I played it, and it got me interested enough. Uh, to try it and and basically what he said is they've also been doing things with the design space that they you know it sort of didn't seem like they may have ever been willing to do back when the game started um and i again i think it'll actually be worth diving back in once i've actually played some games if i'm going to get into it we could just do a whole episode on it so i don't want to speak at length about warhammer underworlds right now but 
Uh, suffice to say, I did paint an entire uh, warband, the the headsman something. It's the night ha- night haunt warband with like a giant dude with a huge broadsword, and then a couple other night night haunts. It's a very very cool warband, and I took a John Blanche sort of color palette uh, to ghosts, and I feel really good about it. I'll tell you what, the guy who's like telling his kid that he's getting nothing for Christmas is probably <laughs> my favorite guy. I love that guy, dude. So every time I look at that model, it reminds me of that intro from Aqua Teen Hunger Hunger Force when uh, Dr. Weird turns Steve into a pork chop. And he's like, (laughs) Steve, get over here and pay your half of the utilities. (laughs) Like he's like pointing at the utilities. I don't know why it reminds me of that every time I look at him, but that's what I feel like he's saying. Oh, that's hilarious. Anyway. Love it. But hobby progress for you guys. I've, I've, uh, I believe I'm at nothing. Um, I think, uh, I think you've been spending a lot of time on tonight's subject. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, I cleaned up a lot of hobby stuff to make room to set up and I've not been playing that as much as I would like, but I've definitely been having a good time with it. Um, but, uh, has there, I don't know. I'm, I'm partway through my, uh, couple of my conquest projects. Um, I did, I, yeah, I guess since the last time we talked, I, I built the big giant brontosaurus. What? You um, haven't sent pictures of it. Well, I didn't finish. Did I not send you like the no. partway? Really? No. Well, I mean, you said like part of the building, but if you, so you haven't finished it. No, I mean the, the dinosaur itself is built. Yeah. I don't think you've said that. Oh, Really? I don't know. I don't remember it. Right, well, well, that might be happening in just a second. But yeah, I think that's really <laughs> all I did. Um, I, I'm i painting it in pieces, so I haven't really delved into it yet. I want to kind of finish the other stuff that I have. Um, but I have a really cool paint scheme picked out for it, continuing with my theme of uh, dinosaurs are birds. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get that one going because it's... Uh, probably my favorite bird so yeah yeah, it's gonna be awesome let's go and that's it that's it for me that's it for you well i have done very little hobbying i've actually been reading a lot um nerd yeah i know uh in preparation for the disney plus percy jackson show that's coming out i read percy jackson the lightning thief so my daughter and i could uh critique the show as we watched it and then um, I started Eye of the World. Paul hates me because I've started Eye of the World, apparently. Uh, I, I mean, I, there's just other things to read. Yeah, well. And then there's this asshole that bought me a Hunter Kingdoms model that uh, I'm currently painting as I'm talking right now. Hell yeah. Also, you can just, that guy's a I, jerk. Uh, as a person who hasn't read any of the Wheel of Time books... Uh, but enjoyed the TV show. Uh, can confirm. Skip it. Oh, <laughs> um, you know. So the thing, the fun, the cool thing is, is I'm actually really enjoying looking at the parallels because I, I finished season two. Um, yep. I quite enjoyed season two. Me uh, too. I, yeah. I quite enjoyed season one, and it's been really kind of fun to kind of look at. Like, well, I think the book did it better here. I think the show did it better here. So it's been really kind of fun, kind of going back and analyzing it after oh, seeing the show, and then now yeah, reading that's, the books. It's interesting that you don't have the like, man, the book, uh, because you didn't read it first. That's kind of an interesting uh, 
way to do it. But I, I, yeah, I haven't read the books and I have no intention to because I've no. been enjoying the show and I have no intention for the books to ruin it for me. So. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to purposely stay behind on the books yeah, as the show that's comes the out way. so I can that's the critique way to do it. it. Yeah. Hell, hell yeah. That's yeah. the way to go. Now, I mean, like when Sanderson stuff starts getting adapted, I'm going to eat the books. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That, and I feel like you should, right? But I'm just saying, like, as a person who hasn't read all 95,000 pages of The Wheel of Time, like, I definitely enjoy the show quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I, from I, that, I, I from do From the too. perspective of a, com- a complete uh, and utter know-nothing about the books, I as, really – and, and as, I, as somebody who has read the books, uh, yeah. just watch the show. All right, fair enough. Show. Just watch <laughs> the show. Enough. Yeah, cool. I mean, the fir- don't, get me, right. don't get me wrong. The first three books are really good. The first three are really good. If it was a trilogy, it would be perfect. Uh, All right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it. It it starts being a wagon stuck in snow at at some point. So it be it be dragon. Oh yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, let's uh, let's get into the main topic here. Hooray! And so the main topic is uh, it's a board game. I know. It's taken us this how long to to critique a board game? I mean, it's the name of the show is Three Men in a War Game, so I was reluctant to even do it this time. (laughs) I mean, as many times as we've talked about card games, I mean, come on. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, like, the card game we talked about, it just happens to be, like, you know, I've played a lot of it. I've played over 200 games of it this year. So, like, I think it was appropriate to acknowledge that (laughs) and talk about it on the show. Um, But I also have been playing a lot of this game. And Paul and I both deeply, deeply love the game that we're going to talk about right now, which is Final Girl. Yes. Final Girl. So good. So good. Uh, I think we've talked shortly about when it was first coming out years uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, back. I'm sure I've mentioned it quite a, quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Like if, if someone was to go back and, and like tell, tell a tale of the tape, I'm sure I've mentioned it a few times on the show. Um, but it's not just a board game. It's a solo board game. So, we're, I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about a nerd for reading books and shit. Holy balls. Talking about playing a board game by yourself. Um, it's Nerds. Like, yeah, peak nerd. But 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 this game, whew, it's, it's a it's a it's a really really good one. Can I, can, I, can before um, we get into this, can like since this is you know a single player game, yeah. Do you know how long it took for me to break the habit of saying out loud everything that I'm intending to do? <laughs> that is so so. I don't do that. But having known you for the better part of two decades, I have no problem believing that that was an issue. <laughs> Like sitting oh there God. set up on with it like on the couch and I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go into this room and I'm rolling three die. And my wife would look over at me and be like, I'm watching TV. Please stop. <laughs> Just but shut like, the hell up. The thing is, though, I'm sure you're really good at the process of the game. Like you're not going to make the kinds of like clerical mistakes with someone who's just zipping through if you're announcing out loud that you're doing it. And the cool thing is that the game is actually pretty suited for cooperative play because a lot of cooperative games just end up being the group collectively solving a puzzle anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you can definitely play this game with another person. I don't know how it would be in a group, but certainly you and a, and your partner um, could play this game together and enjoy it. And I know people do that. Like that's the thing people do is play together with their partner. So Anyway, yeah, well, yeah, let's 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 get into the game so this way we can yeah, kind of yeah. see how that, yeah. that functions. Yep. And the 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 last little bit of preamble too just to to mention. I mean, we've we mentioned it was a um 
a solo game, but it do, the reason we're covering it too, right, is that we, we both have played a lot of it and it does do some things that are very unique and some things that will appeal to a war gamer. Uh, one of those things being rolling big chunky dice a lot. Um, yes, but I, there, there is definitely, <laughs> yeah, there is definitely some, some stuff that I think will translate to war gamers that war gamers would enjoy about this game. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, also cover that as a little bit of preamble, um, and to yep. cover the game, like we cover most games first, we will cover the basics. So solo board game, uh, a session can go anywhere from 20 to 60 minutes. And I, that's, I mean, I think of the book says like, or the, the back of the, the manual says 20 to 40, but I would actually amend it to like 10 to 60 minutes because boy, sometimes this game goes real fucking sideways. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yes. Yes. I have, I have <laughs> stories for when we get there. Yeah. All right. When we get there. All right. Yeah. And so, so 10, 10 to 60 minutes, I think is what you can expect for a session of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, setup time is pretty quick, pretty breezy. Um, and the core concept of the game, if you've never heard the expression final girl, it is a trope from horror movies referring to the final person alive, which is typically a girl in mm-hmm. horror movies, specifically slasher films. Um, and I think if you stretch your mind for even a moment, you can come up with lots of uh, final girls. Um, my, the most prominent and my favorite would be Ellen Ripley from mm-hmm. Alien. Right. Yeah, but there are exactly from Scream. There are many, many, many examples. Um, and so that's what this game is about. You are occupying the role of the final girl and you are trying to usually kill the killer. There's like yep. one. uh one instance where that is not true. I don't think we'll get into any specifics. I don't want to spoil anything about the game specifically. Um, but generally, you are the final girl. You are trying to rescue victims. You are trying to kill the killer. Right. And and it's um, like movie movie wise, you're kind of past all of the buildup. And this is just where things are going to hell. I mean, a little bit. There's definitely a little bit of the buildup, right? Because you're like starting in some. It depends on the one you're the, the scenario you're playing. But some of the times you're spending like the first quarter of the game or so evading the killer and trying to rescue uh, people and get them out of the fuck out of the place. That's fair. That's fair. Um, that fair. So yeah, so this is a card driven game, and it's also di- well, okay. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a little more complicated, isn't it? It's a it's a card based action selection game <laughs> that uses dice to drive the success of your actions, and we'll get into the specifics of that. Could, I mean, um, I mean, if we're going for everything, could we also slightly call it deck building <laughs> or at least hand I mean, building? <laughs> so so hand building, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's de- there's definitely some 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 hand building or or we would call it hand shaping in TCGs. There's certainly some hand shaping um and you're each well we'll talk about it right but you're basically (laughs) using the using the cards to dictate what you're going to do and then dice decide how well or not well you do at the thing you decide to do sometimes comedically comedically i mean some of the stuff that you guys have shared uh on your dice rolls uh, i'm like i don't i don't know what the hell they're talking about but um, shit's rough and you'll understand it by the end of this you'll understand it by the end of this because we're going to get we're going to get into the the nitty-gritty of how the game works and why it's just why it's so good um also it's worth noting that this game is ridiculously modular uh it's Mm -hmm. very modular and it is also like now that we're going to have 15 feature films, there's 10 released now, Kickstarter just finished, there's going to be 15 feature films, and then three vignettes, which are s- sort of smaller feature films. 
basically it uh the ex- the ability to like combine the components of this game is massive like you can like you could replay this game forever <laughs> i don't think I, I think that the replayability is near infinite um because even in a single box with uh, one killer and one location that are matched together, the games are wildly different from rack to rack. Like if you re-rack a scenario, even even if you're not taking out the cards you saw in the last scenario, it should still is very different every time you play it. See, I don't I when I play, I normally don't take out the cards that I've already played, unless it's something where it's like, all right, this is the third time in a row that this has come up. Yeah. That's when I do it. If it's the second or third time, or if I'm playing like multiple scenarios and I get the Epic finale, I'll just take that out for the next one. So that there's no chance I get the Epic finale on my next try. Cause like if you flip that, the Epic finale, you're generally fucking dead. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like, how bad are you going to die? Yeah. Well, and I mean, Chops, even at even at that, to give you an idea, I mean, I played when I got the uh, the core set and the Camp Happy Trails film. Um, I mean, over over two days, I played nine games and none of them were anywhere near remotely the same thing. Yeah. Is, and that, that's um, what I'm saying is Camp, Camp Happy Trails. Is that Jason? Yes. Yes. Yep. hundred percent. And Hans, well, it's kind of like so. Some basically a lot of a lot of these films are combinations of two movies, and mm-hmm. I think Camp Happy Trails is actually a combination of Friday the Thirteenth and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. Mm. The 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 location is definitely like Camp Crystal Lake, right? right. Or Sleepaway Camp. It's definitely like and I'm just trying to give you my horror movie chops here, so I'm just gonna like spit off movies. But the the killer Hans is like a a combination of Leatherface and Jason. It's not yeah. really one or gotcha. the other. Well, I mean, a lot of them are all all those old classic serial killers are pretty much based off the same guy, there's anyways. A, so there's a lot of analog between yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's good. I but mean, but yeah, that the, they're yeah. That's that's the perfect combination description of them. Yeah, and and every movie is different, right? Some of the movies are very much one one movie. The location and the thing are like, well, okay, well, thought the thing, right? The organism in yes. in the the thing analog. I mean, it, you're in an Antarctic base fighting a body snatching alien. It is like the thing. It's uh, you, like you, straight you, you up. Op- you open up the box on on the on on that killer side, and there's a fucking Siberian husky staring at you. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a hundred percent the thing. They're they're not even pretending with it. Um, and again, I don't want to spoil a specifics, or else we would instantly talk about the the alien. Uh, because holy shit, it's so good. The scenario the alien. Anyway, let's actually talk about the game, right? Rather than just like sort of nerd out Being about excited it. about it. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so. I actually, and it's funny, I had a hard time deciding if we should talk about the details of the game or the core loop first, because knowing the details of the contents of the game help you understand the core loop. But I think mm-hmm. how everyone who explains the game that I watch, everyone that reviews it, they talk about the contents of the stuff before they talk about the loop. And I feel like you get more 
out of understanding the contents once you know what the loop is like. So just bear with us here, listeners, while we talk about the loop of the game, because we'll give you the contents, the context that you need while we talk about the core loop. And then we'll talk about the details of what you get inside of a box, because I think I personally think it'll be better this way, because you'll be able to synthesize the information of the components better once you understand how the game works. Yeah, I think you're on to something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and I think as me knowing nothing, I, I, I should hopefully be able to provide that uh, the parallel. The feedback to us instantly. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So a turn in Final Girl happens over five phases. Anybody who plays a lot of board games, they're intimately familiar with. I mean, even war games, we know phases, right? Yep. We're, we're, we're zen with phases. And so how the game starts is it starts in your action phase. Every turn starts in your action phase. So when you start a game of Final Girl, you have a hand of what are called your basic actions. These consist of uh, walking and focusing and weak attacking and just generally doing like mediocre actions. And it we'll get to how you acquire other cards in just a second but what you know what you need to know here is that each card that you have in your hand represents an action that you can do so focus as an example will decrease the horror level and as horror increases in this game you roll less dice so you want to keep your horror managed so that you can roll more dice because rolling more dice is a better chance to succeed on your roles. So this is one of the one of the resources you have to manage in this game is horror. Uh, and so focus, as an example, is a card you could play to tr- attempt to reduce the horror in the yeah. scenario. And um, you need but, to you that that's I mean it's so interesting how much you do have to manage that. I mean if oh you, yeah. Some well, of it you, depends some on of them scenario. You can manage it somewhat, and then other ones if you yeah. don't manage it, you're done. It depends on the scenario, right? And like some scenarios, your starting horror is higher or lower, depending on sort of like what the killer does and how the killer uh, affects horror. It changes where the horror starts for the scenario. Um, but so, and now we'll talk about what it is to play an action card. So, as an example, let's talk about um, let's talk about walk just as an example. And I, and I feel really, really stupid for not actually pulling the core box out. So I would have the walk card in front of me, but I think I can basically do this from memory. So how this works is you play a card into your card area and then you roll a number of dice that is equal, that is, that is on par with your current horror level. And the horror level is a, is a, it's a gradient that will show you you're going to roll anywhere from one to three dice. Um, and so you're going to roll the number of dice that is appropriate to the horror level at what the horror level dictates you should be rolling. So as an example, you're going to roll 2d6s. Now, the dice have basically it's a six-sided dice with three different faces. The one and the two are strict failures. There's nothing on the dice. The three and the four are uh, partial successes. And so on partial successes, you can discard two cards from your hand to turn it into a success. So you can discard two of the cards you have in your hand, and then it turns a partial success into a success. And a five and a six are successes. They're stars on the dice. So three and the four have the three and the four written, and then they have an icon that looks like two cards. One and two are just blank, and then five and six have a star on them, stars being successes. So when you take the walk action, um, when you roll your dice, there are a few options. If you roll two successes, you can move two spaces. 
If you roll one success, you can move one space. If you roll no successes, you've got an option. <laughs> uh, and oh, I should also note, you also lose time when you right. walk because time is another resource. You have to manage time and you have to resort, manage horror Wait, so and do, your health. Do you, like with time, do you act like you've got a play clock going on while you're doing this? So there is a kind of there is a meter and every turn you start on six time. So you reset your time to six and the walk action, as an example, uses one time. Gotcha. Right. So, okay. so, yeah, right. so you have to manage it because if you run out, then you run out of time. Like, that's it. You, then your yes. turn's done. Your turn's done. And it's actually worse than that. <laughs> well, yes, uh, yes. But at least as far well, as where well, we've gotten. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, so you roll you roll your dice. And if you, if you roll no successes, you can either stand in place and lose a time or you can move a space lose a health and lose two time because you fucking tripped. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and this is an example of how the game works. So the game, even in failure, gives you choices. Um, they're not always good. They're, they're generally nope. not good when you fail. Um, but I should note that, uh, well, but that's the, that's the action phase, right? You have a hand of cards and you have a maximum of 10 that you can hold. And you are playing cards and using the time as uh, efficiently as you need to for that turn. And sometimes I'll say there's an action you can take where you can discard a card to increase time. And I will say there have been turns of this game where it was strategically correct for me to twiddle my thumbs, discard three cards down to nine time, and then end my turn immediately. And we'll go into mm -hmm. why that's important right now. Because after you've ended your action phase, you go into your planning phase. And in your planning phase, you purchase action cards that you're going to use in the next round. So the cards, this is an important part of this game the cards that you play in this current round are not available for you to purchase going into the next round they will not be available for purchase until the next turn so you can only purchase cards that you haven't been played this turn and there is a tableau of cards you can buy there the basic actions cost nothing so if you have basic actions that have been recycled into your uh, tableau to purchase you can purchase all of those for no time however all of the good actions in the game cost time. So as an example, two of the most, three of the most common cards you will purchase are guard, yep. search, and sprint. Yep. And so guard is a card you can use to reduce damage being done to you by the killer. Sprint moves faster than walk and search allows you to search rooms for helpful items. And so those each cost two time. So if you're paying attention, your planning phase, you go up to six you play cards, those use time, and you're spending cards. You're spending your resources to use time. And then you have to use the time you have remaining to purchase cards for the next round. Yeah, lots now, of lots of choices you need to make along the way. It, it's a, there is a cavernous amount of player agency in this game. But yeah. there's also that the, caver, the, the player agency is, is also met with extreme unfairness, <laughs> which, which, which we'll get into. As, as um, most horror movies are. So. Oh, yeah. This, this game, I'll, I'll say this right off the bat. If you're not interested in a game that is deeply unfair, <laughs> we've probably, we probably buried the lead and you can stop listening. Because <laughs> well, uh, this game... This game is it, well. It, it is truly unfair. Like if you only care yeah, yeah. about winning, this is not a game for you. 
No, see, but, um, and this is one of the things that I wanted to say about the game, and I think this is the the perfect time to share it, is that mm-hmm. this game's about narrative. Definitely. Right? First like, and foremost, the, this is a narrative game. There have been times, whether it's been going to shit for me or it's been going well, but I keep the running tab of what's happening in the movie in my brain. So the 100%. narrative side of it are, is fantastic dude i can read i I, so i've played the poltergeist scenario six times this week and i can recall to you each of the six games and what happened Mm -hmm. in them that's and i i have a bird's memory it's crazy (laughs) that i that i can remember this right like it's it's nuts how deep the narrative of this game weaves itself into you while you're playing it um, but anyway, uh, back back to back to the planning phase. So you purchase action cards. Once you've purchased your action cards, you reset your timer for the next turn to six, and then you return any cards that you played that round to the tableau so that you can purchase them on the next turn. Mm-hmm. All right. So after we get out of the planning phase, we get into the shit, <laughs> dear listeners, the killer I phase. Chops. Anytime I get to that point where I move that hourglass back to the six, Mm -hmm. I go, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this part. (laughs) Uh, See, I love it. I love the killer phase. Oh, I do too, but it's just that dread of, (laughs) that went too well, what's going to happen? Yeah, boy. Uh, yeah, I've, I, all my plans. What happens to them now? <laughs> uh, so the first thing we do is we reserve, we resolve the killer action. And so we will talk about the components of this game. But for right now, what you need to know is there is a board that represents the killer. On the killer's board, you know the killer's health. You know the starting terror level for the scenario. You know how fast and how hard the killer hits based on the killer's current bloodlust, which is another Mm -hmm. thing you track in the game is the killer's bloodlust. And then you also have two cards that start the game face down that represent the uh, dark power of the killer and then the finale of the killer. I hate flipping those cards. (laughs) I know, I know, especially the finale. It's rough. It's so rough. Um, I assume if I'm flipping that, I'm dead. I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, can, I can feel the anxiety in your voice when you said that, Paul. <laughs> I, I definitely – there's a few scenarios where you can win through the finale. I've won through the finale oh of The Big Bad Wolf. I've won through the finale of Dr. Fright. I've even won through the finale of The Poltergeist once. Holy um, shit. So, I know, I know. and that, but, but I'll tell you, boy, sometimes just the dark power of the poltergeist is enough to just turbo fuck your game. But like uh, – and that flips turbo fuck. <laughs> I mean, it, it, having played that one multiple times, that is that is a very apt description. I think that's my new – I think that's my new turn of phrase from this point forward. Perfect, perfect. All right. So, so the first thing you do is you resolve the killer action. And so the killer action is actually printed – on either side of the the finale, the card that has the finale on the back. Mm -hmm. But it starts with just the killer action. And generally, generally, the killer action is just whatever space the killer's in, it stabs whatever's in the space, and that's all it does. But some of the killers do move, and there's iconography that, that dictates what the killer's doing, whether it's going toward the final girl, toward a victim, toward a final girl or the victim, whatever's closer, or if it's moving, there's a boot icon to the, in all of the, and the great thing about this game is all the iconography is it's, there's not so a easy. ton of it. 
And it's so consistent across yep. the cards. So you know exactly what everything means as soon as you see the icons, which is very like it's like peak graphic design for me. The icons are very good and easy to read in this game. Well, and, and to give you again, going back to the narrative side of it, I mean, thinking about um, Hans, right? There's mm-hmm. times where some of those cards you flip them over and he's just staring you down. And oh, so well, that's changing. actually that's actually going to be my my example of the next thing in the in that happens. Okay. Go so after it. after you resolve the killer the killer action, you draw a terror card. And now we're going to tell you about terror cards. So I got to step have ahead. Ter- I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. And so terror cards are I, I, like I, as much as like the action phase is sort of the the like the wheel of this game. The heartbeat of this game is the terror cards. And the way that this works is there is a terror deck that comes with the whatever location you're playing and whatever killer you're playing. You shuffle all those terror cards together, which is usually 30, Mm -hmm. and then you draw 10 of them. And so those 10 are the only 10 you're going to see during the scenario, meaning at any given scenario, you're only even possibly going to see a third of the terror deck of the combined location and killer. And so you flip one of those cards over and then, boy, does that card tell you what to do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It tells you what you're doing to yourself. Yeah. And usually they're terrible. Um, So I'm I'm looking at uh, the terror deck for Dr. Fright right now. I actually put so which is the Freddy Krueger analog. And so I pulled his deck out. Uh, and there's a tarot card that says, just says, ew, he's disgusting. <laughs> and all it does is increase the horror level by two. Right. Yep. Yep. So and th- thereby, and, and in the Jason deck, it's called, he's just standing there <laughs> is the, <laughs> the name of that card that does the same effect. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it, it fits, right? Like that for those two characters, it's, it's perfect. And it both, in both cases, it does increase the horror, right? Yep. Um, but uh, as a as an example, here's another. I, I, I'm not. I don't want to spoil a lot of these cards, right? I just don't. But I also want to give like an example of uh, what these what these cards can do. And so this is the Freddy Krueger one. So anybody who's seen a Nightmare on Elm Street movie is going to love this. And I just I'm only going to read one of these cards as a, as a possible spoiler. So the name of the card is, oh, my God, he's slicing off his own fingers. <laughs> and so here's 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 what it says in iconography. It says the final girl or victim, whatever's closest, move Dr. Fright twice. Oh. Then then Dr. Fright takes one damage unless he only has one health remaining. If Dr. Fright took damage, increase the horror three times and panic every victim in the space. Holy fuck. (laughs) And if you think about it, that's perfect, right? It's like him showing up in a dream, right? And like slicing his fingers off in the like terror of watching him cut his own own hand apart. Oh, and everybody like wakes up and runs. And freaks out. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's the kind of like... This that when I said the heartbeat, right, is because like this sets the tone for the next turn. It delivers all the flavor. Like there's so much. That's why I don't, and that's why I don't want to read more than one of these cards of the thirty that come in this box, because there's so much flavor in them. And when you don't know them, like when you get a new one, it's like exciting, 
right? Right, like, and that, like, that's also why I don't want to read a lot of them because I don't want to ruin them for Paul. But I thought that one was too, it was just too good of an example of how well this game marries its mechanics to its theme. Yep, yep, it's, um, I mean, it's true. Um, I mean, you know, and, and they can just, like, build wacky combinations, too. Because I had one, uh, I think I was playing Camp Happy Trails, where it was like, Oh, guess what? There's two new victims here. And then I flip the next one. Oh, look, here's two victims in three different spaces. I, I think I sent you I think I sent you a picture. Like my entire board was just yellow victims. Yeah. Yeah. And that's bad. Because <laughs> every time the killer every time the killer kills a victim, his bloodlust goes up. And every time the blood goes goes up, they get faster, they hit harder bad things happen like these tracks are all very modular for the the killers like some of the killers on their track as their bloodlust goes up it pops events out or mm-hmm. it increases the terror or their dark tap power flips there's like lots of different things that can happen so so paul you said that they were yellow victims what what's what's the color denote that's just the color oh, of the meeples the, yeah the meeples the yellow the yellow meeples are 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 victims gotcha yeah gotcha. And, and then there's a couple other meeples if they're like a specific yeah, um, so, like, you'll like, have events that are, like, it'll be, like, spawn a, a, a victim and then change it with the blue meeple. The blue meeple is your boyfriend right, or your girlfriend, sure. depending right. on how it flips over. One of these days, um, Kevin, one of these days, I'm going to play that one and I'm going to end up with both the girlfriend and, and, and boyfriend. And that's going to make me happy because I can just feel the awkwardness. Of <laughs> both of them flipping because there is both of those in the Jason. Yeah, I know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I want them both yeah. on the table at the same point so I can imagine it's like, also the final incredible, girl being awkward about it. it. In- incredible how different those two cards are and how perfect oh, those two cards are. So good. But I don't want to spoil any of it. Um, so the after the killer phase is the panic phase. And in the panic phase, if so if a victim was killed in the space where the killer is, you panic all the remaining victims. And basically that means you roll a dice and you consult the map, which is another thing that comes with each box that you buy as a map. And the map has numbers demoted, denoting which way victims panic out of the space. Um, but also note there can be, <laughs> depending on the scenario, there can be spaces where they just like run to their own deaths. So <laughs> fucked. Uh, I was just thinking about several occasions. <laughs> it's so fucked. Um, and then after the panic phase, you go to the upkeep phase. And in the upkeep phase, the real, the only thing you're checking to see is how, where your terror deck is. So if you're keeping score, you'll remember I said you take 10 of these terror cards and you generally reveal one per turn. Boy, there are some occasions where you flip more, but you're generally going to flip one of them. And if you don't have one to flip, then you flip the finale. And as, uh, Paul and I discussed previously flipping the finale is generally very bad news for you, dear player. <laughs> it's uh, things go to hell in a handbasket when the finale flips, because usually what happens is it changes the killer's action. The killer's action changes from just like stabbing in place to something very proactive and very bad. Yeah. Jason starts running because he's tired of walking after you. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, or he like yeah, ex- or he swing he like he walks twice and swings twice or whatever, right? Yeah. Or like every time he kills a victim, he heals. <laughs> like there's just so so many things that like they play with this a lot, and that's not the Jason ability specifically. I'm just like recalling different mm-hmm. abilities, um, and, well, and also then- they're they can be like deeply thematic, like the 
that just to say the alien, like one of the things the alien will do will disappear into the vents and then you can't even fucking kill it until it appears again. It's oh, horrifying. Um, um, you know, I was, uh, I was just going to say that there's also minor dark powers. So like, for instance, yeah, um, mm-hmm. in the terror deck. Yeah. In, in the, uh, Jason one, I pulled one where now he walks, I think it was like at least, one extra you know space yeah it's one spe- it's one additional boot it's called unholy speed yep, in that deck boy have i played this game a lot um all right so that's that's the that's it after the upkeep phase if you don't if you have more in the terror deck you just move to the play action the action phase again and if there is not any you flip to the finale and then you go to the net, the the action phase so you do always have that one turn to react to the finale before the finale actually goes off but boy is it never enough time um and that's it. So you're playing actions. You're rolling your dice to see how you succeed. Uh, you're purchasing new cards, and then you're finding out what terrible things the killer is going to inflict on the board. Um, it's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's and so that's the that's the loop. That's the core loop of the game. And so now I think now that we've talked about the loop, we should talk about the boxes and yes. how you actually play this game. Um, and so because it. It honestly is like one of the coolest aspects of the game. I think Potter, as I describe this to you, you're going to be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so, so, well, I'm serious. If you don't know how it works, having it described to you is kind of mind blowing. So how the game works is you have to have the core box to start. And the core box isn't very exciting, but the core box has your dice that you need. So it's got your special dice. Um, it's got all the meeples that you need. So all the hearts that you need for your health, all the victim meeples, the killer meeples, the final girl meeple, like all of those things. And, and most importantly, maybe the rules uh, yeah, yeah. Come, come in the core box. So all those things come in the core box. And then what you need is what's called a feature film box. And these things are amazing. And the reason that 11,000 people just ponied up $179 on Kickstarter for a whole series of these is because of how cool they are. I will um, say the boxes are outstanding. Yes. So the, I think they, they retail for $20 each, the, the feature film boxes. And so how they work, uh, the boxes are, uh, it, it, as you look at them, it just looks like a, a box. It's innocuous. But what you don't know until you've opened one is that there are actually two sides to the boxes and one side is dedicated to the killer and the other side is dedicated to the map. And as you turn the box over in your hand, it's very obvious which side is which Mm -hmm. because it will say like starring Dr. Fright, the dream doctor versus it will say Maple Lane as the location. Right. And so you will know um, which one is which. So you'll know which, which side represents each. Now these are magnetic Meaning you can't, and they're also the size of like a VHS cassette like case, which is also very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens is you open one and you magnetically open it and you're like, oh, that's cool. That's the killer board. And then you realize there are magnets that are holding it to the spine as well. And it fully disconnects from the box. And after it fully disconnects from the box, and this is, remember, the on one side, it's the outside of the box. And on the other side, it is literally the killer board. So the board that you need to play the game is the box that you play the game with. Yep. 
Um, I don't know how else to describe it. I think that's the best way I can describe it um, without actually showing it. And so all of those stats that I was telling you about are now printed on the thing and on the spine, it tells you the name of the killer. It shows you their health. It shows you their starting uh, terror and it shows you spaces that you can put their minor dark powers. And then on the opposite side, that's going to be your location side and your location side is going to come with uh, the map as the opposite side of the box, mm-hmm. as well as the names of the locations that are searchable. Let me let me let me expand on that for just a second because I think by this all is, means this is important. Is that mm-hmm. not only are the uh, box covers right? You can take them off, and that's your map. But when you remove, say, you know, uh, Camp Happy Trails. The materials that you can see then are the materials for Camp Happy Trails. You Correct. won't see the materials for the killer until you flip it over and take that lid off. And there's your materials for the camp. And, yep. and also there are vacuum molded plastic inserts that have covers that keep mm-hmm. the components secure. So but, even after you take the, the, the case off, it the, the pieces don't just fall out. And the other important thing too here, Chops, and, and this gets into some other things, but the nice thing about that is if you're playing uh, Maple Lane, but you want to mm-hmm. use Hans, you're not Correct. having to go through, you're not going to have to dig through uh, nope. cards that you're not going to use. You do not. All you do is take out the side for the – if you're going to combine two boxes and you uh, – remember we mentioned this game is modular. So you can take Maple Lane out and then you can take Hans out of the other box. And so you can have Jason on Maple Lane instead of in Camp Happy Trails. Yep. And the the maps all are very different. To the point where they come with their own rules. Some of them have their own action cards that go into the tableau. As an example, uh, Maple Lane uh, has the uh, and I, I'm not. I, this isn't spoiling anything, but it so it has spaces that are free for you to walk in, but there are also houses. And the way to get into the houses, you have to have the convince action, which is an action card that you buy for one time. And the successes allow you to enter the homes because you actually have to convince the homeowners to let you into the houses. It's kind of like banging that, the door being like, let me use your phone. Yeah, that's uh-huh. really thematic to horror movies. I like that a lot. And so that's part of what Maple Lane shtick is, is the, the, the convince action that lets you, and it's, it's a restriction on the scenario because you're not free to just rescue victims. You actually have to like convince them to let you into the house and then pull them out of the house so you can rescue them. Mm-hmm. Um, or search the houses, right? So that's the other, um, the other part of it. Um, what else was what else was I gonna say? The other components you get. So, well, okay, hold on. Let's talk about it. So, the, we talked about what you get in each side, right? So, on the killer side, you're going to get anything that the killer has that's unique to the killer, uh, which is typically their terror deck and then their um, finale and dark power cards, and then. In the case of some other killers, you get some cool stuff, but I don't want to talk about what any of the cool stuff is. Uh, in the Hans deck, you get nothing because Hans is basic. He just like, Ugh, stab. Like that's mm-hmm. what he does. But 
many of the other killers have completely separate things like like entirely separate mini games that you have to play with them um and again i don't want to spoil any of them or what boxes they're in because it's really fun to discover the things that this game has to offer you and it's very that discovery process is like such a cool part of the game um now in the in the other side of this so on the location side you also get some tarot cards but it's typically a uh it's a third of the tarot cards so yeah. if you look at like how the tarot decks work the tarot decks are always one third the location and two-third the killer and if you think about it that makes sense because that makes it so the odds when you rip those 10 cards off is that more of them are going to be related to the killer than the location um which is good mathematically that's actually really great and i think thematically appropriate uh, also in the, in the location side, you are going to get a deck of event cards. There are lots of things that trigger events in the game, but key to the setup of the game is that the very first thing you do before your first action phase is flip an event. And that event kind of sets the tone for the, the scenario. Um, and there's lots of other ways that second, third and fourth events can pop into play. Uh, you also get a deck of setup cards. And so the setup cards dictate to you where the killer starts, where the final girl starts, and then where and how many victims are on the map. Um, so that's another part. So if you're, if you're keeping track, that's another point of variation. So Mm -hmm. there's a, a, an event card that you flip and usually there's like 20 event cards. I don't actually know. I'm not actually sure. I think it's maybe a variable number, but it's usually more than 10 events. So, and you're, you're always going to see one, but many times only one and other times more than one. So you get a lot of variation through the events. There's usually five setup cards. So there's mm-hmm. five different ways that the game can start. And then there's also a deck of item cards. And so the item cards is another deck. And then there are going to be locations on the deck where items are present. And what you do is you shuffle the items and then you deal out three items to each location and put the rest back in the box. So you don't even see all the items in any given scenario. So the items are a point of variance. The setup is a point of variance. The terror cards are a point of variance. And then the events and then also how you pair your killer with your location are all variants. So when we were talking about this game being infinitely replayable, this is what we meant. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and even with that, that's even before we get into like just taking two different feature films and mixing and matching those. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really I didn't even know that you could do that for like like the rules allowed for that. So like that's really cool because. You know, if you want to play the campy horror movie of Jason versus Freddy kind of thing, you can, you know, do something similar to that, it sounds like. Or like what I'm actually planning on doing. uh, So I've been trying to play the game once a day in October. I haven't quite kept up with it. Like, I think on average I'm about there, but like I'm not actually playing every day. Like sometimes I'm playing four or five. Some days I'm playing one. Other days I'm playing nut zero. Um but what I'm going to do, I think, as we get closer to Halloween, is I'm going to combine the the USS Conrad, which is the Nostromo from Alien, mm-hmm. with Hans, so I can play Jason, Jason X. X. Yeah, nice. <laughs> God, it's such you know, a bad movie. <laughs> and, yeah, it's terrible. The other, the other thing, too, I like about it, Chops, is that if you kind of combine the name of the killer and the name of the location, you get your movie. You know, yeah, like you get you your do. movie title, right? Like... Like yeah. Hans, killer of Camp Crystal Lake, or Hans, and but then like some of them are like badass, and then some of them are just end up being like 
the shitty seventh sequel in the film. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, like uh, Frightmare on <laughs> Frightmare on Maple Lane is the name of the when you play Doctor Fright on Maple Lane. And what and what is uh, oh it'd be like <clears throat> the 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 super secret to the s- sequel to the organism would be like the organism at Camp Happy Trail. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it made it, it made it from Antarctica. And now the kids are fucked. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's just like so bad, right? Like, it's like they were so out of ideas that now this weird organism is at camp. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah. it fits for how they make those movies. I mean, well, yeah, that's just it, right? Like you get, you, you get the great ones, right? Like the thing as it is, and then you just get dumb ones right but then there's (laughs) other ones that would definitely work too like like the poltergeist at camp happy trails like i feel like that would be an incredible one yeah that would work so good so good (laughs) i actually want to do the poltergeist in the outsiders uh like well what's the name of the actual uh you know the like let me in one the the strangers that one the strangers that one yeah i want to do it in in that house the poltergeist in that house because that house has such a different layout than the (laughs) than creech manor painful (laughs) uh but it's cool that you can do that right you can like mix and match them so well um and it also like the kickstarter stuff so and it's not the the cool thing about this is the the Kickstarter exclusives are dice that randomize these scenarios. They're that they're, they're ba- basically like just a very cool knickknack. And so everything that else was available in the Kickstarters you can buy from Van Ryder, the publisher. And the reason I'm mentioning this is one of the really cool things <clears throat> that they offer is scenario booklets that tell you like there it's basically a book that's full of um scenarios that are sort of like custom built so it's like play this final girl with this killer at this location and always start with this act event right and right. so it's like it's like a bespoke scenario um and it's like a book full of them right. um and they're so cool. And so if you buy the, what are called the ultimate boxes and the ultimate box will have like the core rules, the five, uh, the five feature films, the vignette, which is like a kind of like a feature film, the play mat for the season, the like, and then, and then boxes of extras. And in the box of extras is these, uh, these booklets that sort of give you these bespoke scenarios for combining the killers and the maps across the different seasons of the, the game. So like the first series and second series as an example. Yep. I just think that's super cool. No, that's really cool. I like that. Because, I mean, it, it makes it so, like, you don't feel like you're missing out if you don't pledge If you don't kickstart it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or if you don't yeah. kickstart it. Yeah. Um, well, and then, yeah, you can always get it. But also, it's like, as a person who has it, it's a huge value add, right? Because if you're like, you know... I've played all these scenarios. I can't really decide on what I want to do. You can just like flip open the book and be like, cool, this one sounds rad and just play it. Right. You know what? We keep talking about it being modular chops, but one of the things that we haven't mentioned is how different the final girls are. 
right? Oh, because boy. that's another variation there. Holy Jesus. I cannot believe we didn't mention that. So no. an important and you part can of use, this. And, and again, you can use any of the final girl cards with any of the scenarios. Any of the, any of the scenarios. Yeah. And so um, in those ultimate boxes, you also get final girls that don't come in the, the core boxes. And there are some rad ones. But the final each one of the feature film boxes comes with two final girls. And typically they're um, very deep references to the films that they're in or like pop culture generally. <clears throat> um and usually one of them, one of them is definitely tied to the feature film. And the other one is either also tied to the feature film or tied to a content creator or something like that or something in pop culture. Um, but the final girls themselves. Yeah, boy, we didn't even talk about this because one of the things you can do in this game is rescue victims. Mm-hmm. And so victims will follow you uh, as you move through the map. Um, if you move over a space with victims, when you move again, two victims will follow you. Gen- generally <laughs> right. there's things that can happen that make it so they they don't but generally uh two victims will follow you um and then if you lead them to a green space that means you rescue those victims and when you rescue the victims you take those victims and you place them on your final girl card and as you place them on your final girl card there are spaces that look like meeple outlines and when you put the meeple the the victim meeple on your final girl it gives you a bonus and those bonuses are uh, significant. It can be like purchase a, any t- two time card, like two time, like two resource spendy card, or uh, decrease the horror by one, or instantly move a space. Like they're huge bonuses. Yep. And if you flip the final girl card by rescuing all of the victims, and and this is also very well, not Some all of, of the be- victims, but all of the ones that fill up the card. Oh, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. This is all, but this is also variable, right? Like there's a there is a final girl that only has one victim on the front, um, but there are also generally it's like three to six. And so if you rescue the three to six victims, then you flip over the final girl's card, and she gets a signature ability that can she can use for the rest of the scenario. So you as the player have this like sort of ultimate ability available at your scenario. And like uh, one that we can talk about since we've been talking about Camp Handy Happy Trails is Reiko. Mm-hmm. Um, and Reiko's ability is that if she's within two spaces of Hans or the killer, sorry, the killer, she can just teleport into the killer's space, which is massive because you don't actually have to spend time or movement to get to the killer's space to hit it and then peace out. <laughs> yep. Yep, because you still have your cards. You can still yep. get out of there. Yep. Um, and that's just a, an example of, of one of the final girls. So, yeah, the final girls, another point of variability in the game. And you know what I always forget when it comes to the final girls, Chops? I always What's forget that, that when, when you flip to the other side and you rescue somebody, there's usually something that you get for rescuing them. Yes. I always forget you, that. I'm always yes, handicapping all, myself on you, that. Yeah, you always you should always remember that last victim does give you something. Yep. Um, so Paul, we're at a, we're we're we I mean I think we're right at that level where we're gonna we're gonna approach your 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 commute. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about what your favorite moment um, from the game is so far. So um, I got. Can I do two? You can do okay. two. Two. One of the one of them is more the narrative, like the narrative that I was able to view, and the other one is just. A narrative with the ridiculous gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So the first one, it was it, it was a Camp Happy Trails one. And I was searching for I was, I was just searching and I happened to pull up the boat keys. So oh, now right. there's suddenly a boat where people can, you know, get out. And, you know, if you got the meeples to the boat, you got to, like, rescue three people. Yeah, we and like the boat keys. All I could envision was, like, the neighbor coming over, finding out that all this crazy shit's happening. He's like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Let's let's go. You know, like, trying to do the right thing and rescue the kids. Which, you know, if you've watched horror movies, you know it goes one of two ways. He's Either the die. guy's successful and he gets them out, right? And then they're the ones that go call the police. Or, like, they're about to get on the boat. And the killer catches up with them and wipes them all out. Guess yep. which one happened to me? The second one. The second one. <laughs> you got uh, Jason's mom came and grabbed you out of the boat, huh? Oh, my God. I, they didn't even make it to the boat. As far as I'm concerned, they were still in that room, like, looking for the keys. Like, they dropped <laughs> it in a panic. And and that's just kind of the narrative. That, like, the narrative, the way this game comes across is that if you – you know, get away from the matrix side of it and constantly assessing your statistics and and whatnot. You really get a great narrative story. My other favorite thing is um, Poltergeist and Creech Manor, right? Because the yeah. Creech Manor, the Creech Manor is an amazing map, right? It's so just good. it's a house, and you got different floors, and certain rooms will only go upstairs from certain spots. There's some yeah. spots that are like holes in the floor, you know, mm -hmm. so you can drop down, but you can't go back up. Can't go up. There's yep. uh, on the one side of the house, there's two open windows that you can jump out of. The yeah. other side, and, and there's you, a ladder it, that you can climb yeah. up. Yeah. And you um, can only rescue from the, the floor. Like, like, so you either have to take somebody all the way downstairs or jump out the window. Right. Those are the <laughs> only escapes. People. Um, yep. So, so, and this was best like gameplay wise slash narrative. Um, okay. and, and again, spoilers. So if you don't want to know anything about any of the games, so I'm all, I am also going to talk about Creech Manor. So okay, spoilers. Perfect. Yeah. That, so Creech like, Manor yeah. spoilers. So uh -huh. one of the things with Creech Manor is that the game is very different than, than, um, Camp Happy Trails, right? Because generally than the any, any right? other, it's, it's literally different than all nine other so, boxes. And the reason why is that you can't kill a ghost, right? Yeah. The only way you can win this game is to find the they're here girl. You have to Carry find them. where she's <laughs> hiding and get her out of the house. Yep. Yeah. You've got to rescue Carolyn and get out of the house. Yes. And and we talked about so and this isn't spoiling the scenario to, to mention this. Right. Because like when you open the box, you read the rules mm -hmm. and the rules state that when you're forming the item decks, you have to shuffle Carolyn randomly into the item decks right. and you don't know which room she's in or where in the room she is. Yep. Yep. So which makes it very interesting because. It's a it's a fine what I learned about this one, Chops, is that it's a fine balance between searching everything mm -hmm. and getting the fuck out of there, like searching yeah. and going before the ghost catches up to you. Because that ghost Man, is I've, fucking fast. It's super fast. I have once we are once with the mics are cold, I have a story for you. It's way too spoilery for okay. me to talk about it with a hot mic. But the and the, the my my actual story isn't quite as spoilery, but you need to right. you need to tell us what your one is. Right. So so it was it, it was, you know, Creech Manor. I get up into the attic, right? Mm 
and mm-hmm. I search everything. Mm-hmm. I go through the whole deck, right? Yep. And I get a card. It's the list. And you roll the a list, die. boy. If, if, yeah. you go, and you, if, if you get one or two, you get it. Well, I, I don't remember ex- exactly which ones are which. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, I'm golden because I know what's in this room. I'm going mm-hmm. to find out what's in one of those rooms. And if she's not there, it's the other you one. You know where she is. Yep. You know what I rolled, Chops? The room the- I was fucking in. <laughs> look matey i was that's like uh, are you kidding me that's final girl baby <laughs> so then i'm like all right well she's not in the attic i'm going to the closet i go right. to the closet second card down carolyn carolyn fuck you got yes it. i need to get one floor down and just jump out the window right like that's probably my quickest way out and then and then through yeah. the through the terror card, that's where the ghost ended up. I'm just like shit. Now I can't go that way. Like I gotta I gotta try and run through the house now. Oh, because because victims won't enter killer spaces with right. you. That's like an important rule. Yes. Yep. And so then the killer gets up to me, and I had a guard card, luckily, and the killer swung at me. I was able to guard it. Mm-hmm. Um. Then I pulled the terror card, Kevin. And do you know what the terror card was? Oh, you're going to tell me. Where'd she go? (laughs) So so she hides. Carolyn hides again. Yes. So she hides again. So she got shuffled (laughs) back in. Um, Which then at that point, I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to search the closet again. Wouldn't you believe it? I found her right away in that closet. First card. You got it. I was like, all right, that's going my way. So then I had a basic walk and a sprint. And oh my God, I the event card I had going for this was like uh, it was extreme winds in the house. So all of your movements you only were reduced by one, one to one. Yep. Yep. Right. So Boy, a lot of this is really familiar to my story. Right. Keep, so then like, yep. on my walk, I roll two successes so I could go two spots. But no, I can only go one. So now I'm two spaces away from being able to get out that window, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. outside of the room for with the window, right? And then I would need to jump down, which means I have my sprint card. And at that point, all right, everything on the sprint card is worthless because they're all going to drop to one unless I get two successes. And I rolled a success and a card, Right, like a, a three or a four, where you had to change the cards, and I'm looking at my hand. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost out of cards, so I played, um, what is it, close call, and yep, roll, rolled that die, got the star, grabbed Carolyn, ran into that room, and jumped out the fucking window. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Got out. Unbelievable! I was just like, this was so That's- lucky. That's peak final girl. Cause like it, it, it like when it goes, it, cause it was good. I mean, it was going bad for you. Like oh, yeah. that's bad, bad, bad. <laughs> oh, as the, when I pulled that list, like I pulled that list card and I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Like, Oh no, I'm, I'm a genius. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> yep, for sure. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So good. So much fun. And just so different from like some of the other ways that I've played that game because my first my first time I played that game, I, I think I think it was three turns. I swear to God, it was three, maybe four turns, and I was dead. It yeah. just everything went sideways. 
Yeah. Uh, I will, I will, I will, uh, tell you how mine went. Okay. <laughs> All right. So mine is also Creech Manor. And you will note that, uh, Creech Manor, um, has a lot of tarot cards that say if you have uh carolyn discard this card and draw the next one (laughs) yeah this is important to this story (laughs) oh no okay 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 so uh i start i start in the attic Mm -hmm. right uh and i dirtle for a turn and and manage horror because the attic is also a searchable location and i'm like fucking yahtzee there aren't a lot of maps where you can start in a searchable location i love this shit um i feel an so oh dirtle- no coming on i'm dirtling and it was at I'm that dirtling. point he knew he I, fucked up well i'm dirtling i start i i grab i grab both searches because i'm like fuck it i'm just grabbing grabbing both and have them because yep. i know i'm gonna need a lot of search i'm gonna need to search a lot fucking Roll my search, two stars, Carolyn, second card down. Bada bing, bada boom, fucking second turn, Carolyn in hand. Easy peasy. <laughs> Easy peasy. Just got to get to one of the windows. No fucking problem. Flip it over. Bam, wind in the house. God damn fucking it. damn it. All my moves are down by one. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Right? And so I'm like, all right, it's still, it's still, it's not far. It's not far. I can make you it. got this. You got this. And I'll note that the killer start the the way that when you start in the attic, boy, the killer started real close, and it was just like a murder row. Yeah. <laughs> it was like move, kill, move, kill, move, kill. Yep. So right. the terror is going up very fast, or the bloodlust is going up very fast, like uh, scary fast, right? And so like I, I I'm I'm taking my turns, right? And the first couple turns, like I swear to one of the turns, I burned four cards into where where'd she go? Oh like, no! So so a full half of my terror deck just burned right out because I, I was oh. holding her. I was like, if you if you have her discard, if you have her discard, I was like, fuck! Oh, man. And then where'd she go? So she to the finale. So she disappears. I'm like, oh, you know fuck. what? Fuck it. It's fine. No no big deal. We got this. We're 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 gonna do it. That's not uh, fine. I I I I go to the next room. First item I find. It's the list. Nice. Yes. Game on. <laughs> I ro- I roll on it. It's the third room, the one I don't know about, and she's in there. So oh, now I know nice. I know where she is. I can avoid the killer and let the killer do what the killer needs to do and I can just buy sprint cards and sprint my happy ass down there. I get to her. I fucking search the room and I find her. You know right? So I yeah. I get in there, I use the search card, I get Carolyn. Fucking Next terror card is every move for the next for the next phase is fucking panicked. Oh no! <laughs> so all my moves are reduced by one, and I don't get to move where I want. I have to roll a fucking dice. Oh god! To tell me where I'm going to move. And wouldn't you know it? That's the last terror card. Oh no! Now you're getting the finale. <laughs> So I flip the finale and it's the one where she just like instantly warps into your room and it's three knives. (laughs) Oh God. And this is, and we're talking about like four turns, five turns, right? Cause like I went through half the deck in one, one turn. 
Um, so it went from like, I found her on turn two. I found Carolyn to turn two to dying in the fucking broom closet on turn five. <laughs> <laughs> With Carolyn in hand. Oh, brutal. <laughs> but like, that's, but like, how funny is that story, right? Like, it's just so perfect. Jeez, yep. Yeah, um, and I mean that's that's how the game goes, and like, yeah, like yeah, look yeah. at that. We had like right the randomness of it, right? We both had some of the same cards come up, but look how different our games were. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude! That the terror card where every <laughs> every move in the next phase is panicked. The first time I read it, I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Like, <laughs> this is this has got to be the worst. I've seen some bad terror cards. This has got to be the oh worst. Gosh. Yeah, and, and again, narratively, it's like you have this strong wind that's, you know, accompanied no, so by a fog the way I, the, blowing the way, up. The way, the way I read that card is it's that scene from Poltergeist where, like, every room in the house is, like, emanating terrible shit. Like, they open a door and it's just, like, fucking shit flying around. Like, <laughs> right. So you you can't go anywhere. Like, everywhere you go is panic, right? And you're yeah. like, ah, oh, 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 I can't go anywhere. <laughs> Yeah. And then and then she showed up in my space the next uh, the next <laughs> turn and murdered me. So <laughs> yeah, so brutal. bad, so bad. Yeah, but um, so much. But fun. yeah, so that, that's uh, that's Final Girl. Um, and Paul, the last thing you have on this thing is like as a board game, as a non board gamer, why you love this game, and we should get through that. Which, yeah, and and I feel like this is important because I'm I, I'm really not a board game person, right? Like, there's just mm-hmm. too much like too much going into it right and and i know miniatures games have a lot going into it but you play the same thing every time you know what you need and sometimes it's just cards and a couple tokens right whereas yep. board games like you unload a board game and it's like oh here's this i gotta make a pile of this i gotta make a pile of this i gotta play a pile of this and i've been looking for something to play by myself right like just just to have something like that and i was considering going back into the uh eldritch uh lcg from from ffg Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know again i dreaded the fact that it was always going to be getting out all this stuff and i probably wasn't going to use most of it so one of the most important things to me that attracted me to this game is that i'm only getting out what i need you know i'm taking out i'm taking out the killer i'm taking the location the only stuff i have is the stuff related to those and the stuff from the core box which you're going to need anyway so it's so simple to set up they give you everything that they need um and i mean in all honesty that is that is the biggest selling point for me right like i wanted something that i could play but i didn't want something that was gonna like waste my time and the game does not waste your time um yeah not at all yeah and you can jump in games games very easy to learn if it is something that you want to play and you're not sure where to jump in i highly highly recommend jumping in with the camp happy trails film because there's no special rules for the killer there's no special rules for the location so you can really spend that time focusing on the rules of the game and your your lgs should have the game most i i mean my town is only a sample size of one but almost every lgs in my town carries the game um the oh, other thing not, to notice i have not seen it in the store yeah i was like i yeah, think i've the, seen it in almost all of ours here 
Yeah. yeah. So the other the other thing to note is that the exact pair that Paul just mentioned, the Core Box and Camp Happy Trails, come as a package that you can purchase at Barnes and Noble. So if you don't have an LGS or your LGS doesn't carry it, your local Barnes and Noble either has the the two pack or they can order it. Yep. And so and and this is the other thing that I wanted to talk about here real quick, Kevin, is price yeah. point. Yeah. So many board games are like Hey, so you want to play days. us 80, 90 bucks, right? Like 70 bucks. Yep. Whereas, yep. and, and you're all in, right? Like you have to go all in. Whereas mm-hmm. the nice thing here is that you can buy as much as you want and you can mm-hmm. buy it as slowly as you want, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your initial buy-in is 40 bucks, which for a board yep. game is really good, right? Because yeah. if you look yep. at, if you look at like games like Exit, you know, they're pushing 20 bucks a pop and they're designed to be you played to play once, once, right? Yeah, one time. So yep. to be able to get that and then, you know, you play that and there's so many variations, right? Like like I said, I played nine times in the first two days that I owned the Corset and Camp Happy Trails and got a, like, I'm ready to jump back into Camp Happy Trails at any time, right? Like with Hans, like yeah, I had that much fun mm. with it. Game's great. Yeah. And then, and then great. you want some more and you spend another 20 bucks, which is, again, not an unreasonable jump in. Yes. If and you just, want all and- of it, it's going to cost you, you know, eventually a good amount of money. But you are not obligated to drop it at once. Right. You can, nope. you can and, and slowly also, go move your way exactly. into your leisure. Exactly. And to and to and to go on that leisure too, like each time you buy one, your options for your games expand. Expand. I, I mean, it's it's exponential, right? Right? Because every time you add a box, it adds the a huge amount of variation, right? Like because yep. you only have a few variations if you have two feature films. Once you have three feature films, you've got a lot more variations for. It, and then it starts to expand and expand and expand. And I think what they said is after you've got 15, right, it's like 200 something different combinations that you can create for combining a killer and a location. And that's not even talking about the variability in the item decks, terror decks, setup decks, etc. cetera. Right? right. So like, yep. woo, replayability and being able to purchase and play at your own pace. It's yeah. Huge. It's, that's yeah. Huge. So, I mean, everyone you buy, you're, you're getting a, a, higher value out of it because you have more you know ways to to make it different and i mean even even just in like like the variation on tarot cards has just amazed me from day one because you're right you have about 30 of them and you're only using 10 each game so you use those 10 reshuffle it you know like you shuffle do the like shuffle it seven times right yeah and it's entirely randomized again you're going to get an entirely different game experience entirely different yeah you know and that's not even getting into setups and the thing that i absolutely love about it too again i view this as a narrative game is the different setups and how um they make sense for what they're called right like um, yes they're all named something and the names are appropriate thematically to and, the thing and, for and sure and, and again i'm trying to stick to camp happy trails because i feel like that's mm-hmm. what people should play first but there's one called bonfire 
right? Yep. Which is great because because and and you look at where the victims are placed and you can clearly see, hey, there's a bonfire going on, but like these are the counselors, like like you have your bonfire spot, but then the two spots next to it, there's like you know two two victims there, but clearly those are the counselors making sure that people don't leave. But then you or have. The- there will be like two victims at makeout point that aren't with yes. all the other kids. And that's right. <laughs> that's the one that I love. There's makeout point yeah. and there's two victims there. Yeah. Cracks me up every fucking time I see that. Yep. So Oops. yeah. So I mean, very thematic. Um, yeah. I just. I just. It. It. It's. It scratches an itch. I didn't. It. Like I kind of wanted to scratch, which was a single player board game. But I didn't think that there would be a single-player board game that would scratch the itch so well and maintain my attention. So, man, I'm so it makes me so happy to know you like it this much. But Chris, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was I was gonna say like the day you like texted us and said that you picked it up, I was shocked because I know how much you don't like board games, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you were like, "Oh, I just picked a Final Girl." I was like, "That's a board game, right?" And yeah. Paul's and- picking that up. And then I you had fell in love with it. I hadn't even played, like, it's not even like I played a demo of it, right? But what got me, what got me 100% was going to Bab's birthday party and seeing the way the components functioned. Yeah. That's why I tried to explain it, right? Like, because, like, once you have an idea how the component, and we by the components, we mean, like, how the box actually mm-hmm. becomes the game. Yep. Um, it's it's so clever and so cool. Yep. And just and, – and seeing how that all worked together and how it would build on them. You know, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest horror fan. Like, I, I enjoy them, but, you know, Aubrey's far more into that than I am. Like, sometimes if mm-hmm. she's watching a movie and I have – the game for it i'll pull it out like she loves the strangers so when she watch watches the strangers i'm always pulling that scenario out right (laughs) um and you know so even as it's not like 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 not oh my god i gotta have a a horror one like uh, you know a a sci-fi thing or or you know that would probably be more straight up my alley but the way everything is set up and I have just enough interest in like like the way everything set up was like sealed the deal. Right. And I know just enough about the scenarios and the horror film genre that I can appreciate it for the depth of it. Right. Like I yeah. would never know every reference that you would know, Kevin, but I know enough to make it interesting and to understand it and to yeah. appreciate it. I will say for me, it depends on the scenario too. like that scenario, the like outsiders one. I don't know that movie very well. So like it, it's just like cool to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, boy, if you, if you like, it's kind of a no brainer to buy one <clears throat> and buy the scenario for the, the, um, the killer that matches the movie that you like, because they are so good yeah. <laughs> with the ones that match them. Yep. You will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's almost like, uh, I don't know. It's almost like the game has the Easter eggs for you, right? Like it ooh, does. Here, it you, definitely does. If you know does. this movie, you'll know this. Boy, right. the thing has it cr- something crazy. Uh, but so does so does the so does the J- Jason one. So does the Freddy one. Um, so does the Poltergeist one. Yeah. Like they're all really good. The Puppet Master one is fantastic. Um, yeah, and uh, they're. Like, 
the alien one's my favorite one. I mean, aliens kind of like, it's not just my favorite horror movie. It's kind of basically my favorite movie period. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, Oh, I like, there's been like, I'm actually kind of annoyed that you haven't bought it yet, Paul. Cause I can't talk to you <laughs> about the, my favorite parts of that scenario. I'll go but, find it. Yeah. You'll, Oh my God. I mean, just when you read the rules, I swear to God, like this is one of the things that happens in this game and Paul can confirm you will crack a box open and start reading the scenario rules and like literally chuckle to yourself at how clever they marry the theme of the movie into the mechanics for the, the, for the scenario. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's, I that's one of the best things. That. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean the, the like opening up and, and reading the thing, right? Like the, the, mm. Oh my God. Yeah. That scenario. Like you, as soon when you, as you when, read that, you, you know, like you're like, when you read, when you start, when, when you read the, when you read the test procedure, uh-huh. you're like, Oh fuck no. Oh fuck no. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you're like, ah, geez. It's like, it's like not only are you searching rooms, but you're also checking in on the people that you're with because you can't trust them. Yeah. So, so, uh, Chris, the, the terror starts remarkably low in the thing, uh, like very low. Uh, but also no one, oh no, wait, it's high. It starts at five, doesn't it? I've got the scenario wrong, but the thing is there's no killer present. Like there's literally no killer on the board when you start, but there are three victims that you flip their meeples out as the people that everyone in the camp suspects. And you have to collect blood tests and test them to find well, yeah, out if they're the Because that's the premise the of the thing, right? Uh-huh. Is that, that's like, the premise. turns uh-huh. into it. Correct. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I've then, never seen the movie, but yeah. But then on top of that, Chris, it, it's it's random, right? So you might test <laughs> you might test somebody and not get and one. You might it. test the second person and not get any. And you and third person, you might get a killer. Or as, you but, could have the game go the on. other way and end up <laughs> yeah, with all three of them as killers. The game, yeah, because the, so the game the game is is maximum fuck you because <laughs> so there's well there's three test kits there's or there's when you when, there's more than three, three test kits but when you test a victim there's three cards uh, and the, it's two two clears and uh, you found the organism. And so if you flip a clear, then that one doesn't get reshuffled mm-hmm. back in. So there has to be one organism, right? There has to be one because if you get them both clear to start, <clears throat> the last one will surely be it. But the issue is, and what always happens to me is all three of the motherfuckers are the ones that flip with the goddamn card. Yep. I've had to ha- I, I went I went one I went one time three games in a row. I could not find a this is the clear test. It was the fucking oh organism. My gosh. Every time I got it nine times in a row. Uh, but man, that scenario is cool. I don't know how to beat it. <laughs> Maybe better luck. I haven't tried Maybe it yet. I'm luck. working my way through season one. Oh, first it is. During this it is holiday. hard. It is hard. And it's hard because like that, right? They're like having to test them. Um, they're, and they're not necessarily tough, but like it, they're, you have to expend so much resources testing them. Yep. And then meanwhile, people are going outside and freezing to death. And oh, God, it's just, it's a lot. The scenario and the, and is a lot. And, and you can only save victims by getting them on the helicopter. The helicopter. Which after you get yeah. them on the helicopter, they have to fly those victims and then fly yeah. back before you can get more people on it. <laughs> it's so bad it's so bad and it's what it's five turns with ten ten generally turns, okay. ten turns okay. yeah, yeah because because once you hit uh, imagine like like think of it as like um after you flip that that uh 
last card and your boss goes into uh, finale mode, it's it's like a, a, a wow boss in raging. Yeah, it's an accelerant. Gotcha. Um, but also, there is a card you can purchase where you're yelling over the, the comms to the helicopter pilot to fly faster. Right. And it will actually get back faster. But it, yeah, it's rough, man. That scenario is, is very... It's it, it, I, I think my experience with the scenario is very much tainted by the fact that it's been extremely hard for me because I've gotten off and almost because you reveal it as the organism, but then also there are three different organisms that escalate in difficulty. And every time I flip the scariest one first, every time. So it's just like, it's just like, like, I get done. I'm done. Yeah. uh, God, it's, it's so rough. And like one time I was like, fuck it. I can see the flamethrower. I'm just going to go flamethrower this motherfucker. And it still just went to hell in a handbasket. But that scenario is really cool. Anyway, um, we should go final thoughts because we're way over now. Uh, Paul, final thoughts. Love it. Go buy it. Go buy it. Spend the 40 (laughs) bucks. Get the corset. Get the camp happy trails. Give it a try. It's great for those nights when you, you're you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, the spouse is watching something I don't really want to watch. I don't feel like painting. I don't feel like building it. Play a fucking game of Final Girl and 20 to 60 minutes uh, and, and you'll have a good time. And if it goes to shit, you'll laugh at it and text your friends uh, and say, holy crap, this went to hell. Uh, I'm going to re-rack because not only is it easy to set up, it's also extremely easy to re-rack. Yep. All right. And so I'll echo everything you said, and I will change it to say if you are interested at all in this game, but horror movies aren't your jam necessarily, go buy the core box and the Little Red Riding Hood Big Bad Wolf scenario because that one is the least horror movie feeling of them, but it still gives you the experience as we're describing it in such a cool way. And that scenario has some of the coolest cards in it. They are so rad. And the way that the Big Bad Wolf operates is very different than most killers. And it's so cool. Um, and it, and again, that one doesn't rely on you loving horror movies or even appreciating horror movies. You just get to play as a little red riding hood in a power fantasy against the big bad wolf. Does, does he scream run away little girl at me? Uh, run away little girl is a terror card. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, so I guess my final thoughts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you guys have it. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. Uh, I don't for me. Uh, even after you guys explained it, it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, but I just rather go play video games. So I'm glad it's there for you guys. I'm glad it's for, for people to like it. It sounds like a ton of fun, but I'm just going to go play fallout and kill zombies. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a different kind of thing, man. And it's super fun. Um, I think of it this way. Do you like games like final fantasy tactics? Oh, of course. Yeah. So final fantasy tactics is like basically a board game it is so if you think about it it's just like taking like i i mean i think final girl would actually make a pretty cool digital implementation but i do love the tactile feeling of the dice and stuff i would so i hear you i do and that was actually kind of my reservation about getting into solo gaming was like why wouldn't i just play a video Mm -hmm. game but boy the tactile nature of this game makes a big difference oh those dice and it's those giant yeah, it's, dice. It's, I would say just play. Yeah, they're so clacky. Oh, I love them. See, I'm not, um, I'm and not also, a big one into like the tactile feel of the of the dice and things like that. Like that doesn't get me into something, I think. That's fair. 
um man i just like love moving things around and playing with little pieces anyway um yeah if that's not a big deal then it's not probably not for you but boy uh highly recommend it yeah i mean again Uh, like i said i'm I'm happy it's there for people that enjoy it you know it's like other games that i don't like i'm like just because it's not my you know cup of tea like i'm glad it's there for people like please have fun Mm -hmm. with it hell yeah um all right one of you guys read us out My, my voice is going I think Potter should do it since he doesn't like the game. That's his punishment. That's my pun. I never said I didn't like the game. (laughs) (sighs) You know what? I'm going to throw this model at you the next time I see you. Um, Cool. Uh, Thank you to Static in the City uh, for the intro and outro music. Thank you to all our patrons. You guys are awesome. Uh, Come join our Discord. It's active like crazy. Uh, Good group of people on there. Lots of discussions. Lots of different games. And uh, just find us on the uh, the socials.